0: Sally Wigan likes him, and so should you.
1: Adam, I think, I think having millennials on the radio is awesome. I don't hate you. God. Adam Crowley. My dogs listen to you when I walk <laughs> out the door.
0: On ESPN Pittsburgh.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are live at Terrace on the 5th for one more hour here as we get you ready for penguins and sharks. Stop down. Terrace on the 5th. Get a aluminum pint of Bud Light for $4. A draft of Bud Light for $3.50. Listen to the Adam Crowley Show here at ESPN Pittsburgh. And look, the bonus is, you don't even have to get that drunk, because Adam's not here, so you can tolerate somebody a little bit more smooth. Somebody that might confuse Chief Wahoo with Chief Yahoo. I'm Rob Rossi filling in for Adam, who's out sick. We wish him the best. I don't want to complain, but I just sent Adam a text message, okay? hasn't gotten back to me. We walked in today. I sent a certain former goalie that might be returning next week a text message. got back to me right away. I'm just saying. So I can get one of the best players in the National Hockey League to return a text message. I can't get Adam Crowley to return a text message. You know what would help? If I wasn't so close to forty and lacking testosterone, as Frank Thomas continues to, goodness, Frank, I get it. I'm getting old. You don't have to keep throwing it in my face. I need to get what that that congressman's running man. He, he's protecting my house. He's protecting my land. Taking on people. They need. They all need brass bonanzas. What they need. All right, let's get back to some actual sports talk here. Um. The Penguins taking on the Sharks, and it is an interesting game for many reasons. You know, and we talked a couple segments back with Jonathan Mumboli of The Trib. And one of the things Jonathan noted was let's keep in mind what Penguins goalie Matt Murray is actually dealing with. We talk about Matt Murray in a way that often downplays where he's at in life. And by that I mean this. Matt Murray's won the Stanley Cup twice, and he still hasn't really completed a full season as the number one goalie for the Penguins. So there's a huge dichotomy there that doesn't mesh. But you know what else Matt Murray has to deal with right now? The, the real life that often creeps its way into sports. And Jonathan touched on that when we were talking about just what is in front of Matt Murray right now.
0: It's heavy stuff, and and it's it's ups and downs. It's ups and downs more than you know. He's had a lot of ups since he came up two years ago. But dealing with ups and downs is a different thing. So you know, he's, he, look, he's he's a big technical goalie, so he's going to be you know sort of less prone, I think, to wild swings of of just you know momentum than other goalies are. He he, but he does need to sort of make sure he's on his on his angles and and he has you know his his technique and his fundamentals the way he wants them. That's what he's been working on for the last month, with more or less the last month with Mike Buckley. And um, you know, when he has that stuff straightened out, you can hes, he's more apt to consistency, just because he is that style of goaltender. But like you said, a 22-year-old going through some heavy, real-life stuff, and I mean, like, ups and downs are to be expected.
1: Jonathan Bomboli there of TribLive.com, dot com, the Tribune Review. Follow him at Bomboli Trib. Follow me at Real underscore Rob Rossi. And by the way, follow me down here to terrace on the fifth. We got Bud Light drink specials. The Adam Crowley show is going until seven PM, so you still got time if you're coming to that Penguin game to come across and have some good times. Now, look, I'm gonna let's play story time with Uncle Rob, since I'm you know speeding towards forty here, guys, and you know I might as well just get around my knee, kids, and uh, we'll have a good old time telling stories. Um, two stories about two penguins whom I covered, and. They both went through terrible situations at what at the time was supposed to be the biggest moment of their careers. In the 2008 Stanley Cup Final, Jordan Stahl's grandfather passed away. And I remember talking to Jordan one morning, I believe it was before Game 5 in... Detroit of the Stanley Cup final, and Jordan uh, had gone back for the funeral and then come back to play the game. Now, Jordan's a young guy at this time. He's like, what? I think he might be 20 years old. Now, you know, you, you offer your condolences when you're the beat writer in this situation, and you know, you, you try to strike up a conversation that isn't on the record just to let him know, hey, I'm a human being too. Or in or my part, I fake it. <laughs> and I said to Jordan Stall, I said, you know, were you close? And he goes, yeah, really close. And I, I said, well, I said, how are you going to play through that? I said, I'm pretty close with my grandparents. And he said, you know, because athletes will say in that situation, ah, they would have wanted me to play. Jordan gave such an interesting answer. He said, I don't know if it's the right decision. I just know that for those three hours, my mind's not going to be on the sadness of losing my grandfather, and I think I need that right now. It's such an interesting way to look at it, because sometimes at the worst moments, Work can provide the distraction you need. You will hear people say they have never been more productive at their jobs than when they're dealing with a tragedy. Because you need something on something else to focus on. Normally, work's the thing we want to be distracted from. Sometimes work can be the distraction, right? And the other part of that equation is Chris Letang, who in 2008, uh, Luke Boudreau and his best friend died in a motorcycle accident and it happened at a time when chris was being taken out of the lineup by michelle terrien early in that stanley cup final to be replaced now chris was a young player this was his um i believe this was his first full season with the penguins in 2008 stanley cup final and he's being removed from the lineup and his best friend has has died in a motorcycle accident by the way they were planning on taking a motorcycle trip after the season and I remember talking to Chris about it later and and Chris just he stayed on this topic of obviously you want to play in the Stanley Cup final because it's your dream but at that time Chris really wished he could just play hockey to keep his mind off the sorrow so these are the two things you hear from players in, in unbelievably grim moments of their lives, right? One player losing his grandfather, the other losing his best friend. Totally unexpected. One's still in the lineup and needs that distraction. The other isn't in the lineup and wishes he had it. Now, every situation's different, right? But, but Matt Murray now isn't that much older than were Chris Letang and Jordan Stahl then. And Matt Murray has gone through something that I would not wish on anybody. A rather sudden death of his father. I don't know if you ever get over that. I don't pretend to know Matt Murray well enough to know what he's thinking. And if I did, quite frankly, I wouldn't share it. But my guess is, right now, Matt Murray needs to play hockey games. It's the one place where even if he thinks about it, it sort of forces him to stop thinking about it because you have to go into another mode. When you're playing that position, when you're playing goal, it's all about that mental challenge. It's being mentally focused. It's being sharp. It's being able to sort of absorb those sequences. Big spots, right? And I think Matt Murray needs that right now. Not for not for the benefit of the Penguins. Let's take that out of it, right? Right now I don't give a... Care in the world about the Penguins. For Matt Murray. Matt Murray, a guy... I, 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 A young man we've seen growing before our eyes. I really think he needs to play some games. I think he needs to be the Penguin starter right now. I think it's going to help him. May not do anything but give him a reprieve for three hours a day, a few days a week. But you know what? If I had been that age and lost one of my parents. I think I'd need that I think I'd appreciate that so I do think we're gonna see Matt Murray in a different light after this you know one of the things about Marc-Andre Fleury's popularity in Pittsburgh is that I think it may have in its own way kept out of the spotlight how really exceptional a human being Matthew Murray is because Mark was such a beloved figure right when he returns next week it's going to be a love fest unlike we've seen other than when Mary Lemieux came out of retirement I mean people and other than Sidney Crosby's come back from the concussion this is going to be one of those moments uh, February 6th that night at PPG Paints Arena Mark andre Fleury's return where we all remember if you're in the building If you're watching on television, if you're listening on the radio, you're going to remember when they play that video, right? You're going to remember that tribute. You're going to remember what it was like when the Penguins show Mark getting his ring. Because Mark's a beloved figure in Pittsburgh sports history. That smile. But Matt's going to be a beloved Pittsburgher in terms of the sports annals, too. That's going to be a guy that perhaps challenges all of Mark Andre Fleury's franchise records. Perhaps surpasses Mark Andre Fleury as, uh, you know, the Penguins' all-time great goalie. Who knows how much they're going to win with and because of Matthew Murray. But because we loved Mark Andre Fleury so much, and by the way, I'm in on this because Mark was Mark and I had a very good professional relationship. Right? I don't even think I got to know Matt Murray as much as I would like to have over the past couple of years. And I think we're seeing now Matt come out of his shell a little bit. And I promise this, and he's not listening right now because he's getting ready for the game. But I know this, Pittsburgh, tonight, tonight, in this first game back, all these people here at Terrace on the 5th right now, the people that are going to the game, I will be stunned. If when Matthew Murray is announced as the starting goalie, there isn't a standing ovation at PPG Paints Arena. If there isn't a roar at PPG Paints Arena. Because I know Penguin fans, and when they get into that building, one thing they will do is rally around a player. And tonight, tonight, I think they show Matt Murray, you're one of us. You're a Pittsburgher now. This is really their first chance to do that. This is the first chance Pittsburghers have had to pick up Matt Murray. And I think it's going to be a pretty special scene tonight inside PPG Paints Arena when Matt Murray's name gets announced as a starting goal. I'm looking forward to seeing that moment. Because I think Pittsburgh's going to do for Matt Murray what it used to do for Marc-Andre Fleury when the hockey situation had him down. This is a real-life situation. So if you're going to that game tonight, if you're on your way in listening to ESPN Pittsburgh and you're going to the Penguins game tonight, if you're here at Terrace on the 5th enjoying your Bud Light drink specials, the 450 draft of Bud Light, the three dollar, the four dollar, excuse me, the three fifty draft of Bud Light, and the four dollar aluminum pint of Bud Light. Clearly, I've had too much Bud Light. If you're enjoying these Bud Light drink specials tonight, and you're headed over across the street to PPG Paints Arena, I just want you to think about this, okay? This Pittsburgh is your chance to show Matt Murray how much you care about him. As one of your own Matt Murray just lost his father and he's now back in net for your Penguins Pittsburgh for your Penguins I challenge you do for him what you've done for the likes of Crosby and Malkin and Fleury and Mario do that for Matt Murray Give him that standing ovation. Start the Murray, Murray chant. Because it's not about hockey. It's about what Pittsburgh does best, turning this city of champions into an adopted hometown for these sports heroes. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to Justin LaBar about Ronda Rousey in the WWE, what it means for the WWE, what it means for Ronda Rousey. This is the Adam Crowley Show, coming to you live from Terrace on the 5th until 7 o'clock, and you're listening to ESPN Pittsburgh. Back at Terrace on the 5th stretch of the Adam Crowley show. I'm Rob Rossi, filling in for Adam here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Get down here right before face-off. Get in on some of the Bud Light specials. we got $4 aluminum pints of Bud Light, $3.50 drafts of Bud Light. So, you can get in and get some of those drink specials. My guest right now, very good friend of mine, colleague at Trip Total Media. He is the general manager of the Trib Live High School Sports Network, and you know him and love him from his highly popular chair shot reality, ladies and gentlemen, the finest wrestling analyst alive, I almost said finest wrestling asset, which he is to the various places he works for, Justin Labar, follow him on Twitter, at Justin Labar, Justin, I wanted to, before we get into wrestling, uh, there's a quote from Barry Trotz today saying that it's a fun time of year of the second half of the season because you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, as a Capitals fan, do you know what that light at the end of the tunnel is?
0: Uh, no, there's no light. There's, there's no, no light at all at oh, the I end of the tunnel. I thought it was call.
1: a train driven by Sidney Crosby.
0: Well, that's, that's, a, that's probably a valid option, yes. Uh, no, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even getting myself invested uh, until... <laughs> Until uh, until the second half of April comes, and even then, I'm going to uh, you know keep my finger near the panic button.
1: Are you to the point where you're not going to believe the Capitals have won the Stanley Cup unless you actually see them holding the Stanley Cup, and even then, need to have more proof?
0: Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not <laughs> now where they when they actually win uh, in the second round, they're going to lose in the third round. So, uh.
1: all right, uh, follow him on Twitter at Justin Labar. Uh, he's Truly, the nation's leading expert on all things professional wrestling, including and especially WWE. All right, Justin, I'm just going to shoot here to use a term familiar to you. How would you book Ronda Rousey for WrestleMania?
0: Going with what uh, what they have to work with, um, and what I think is going to happen with the other you know other talent and, and moving pieces. You need to, you know, I would put her in a mixed tag match. Um, I know that's not everybody's favorite thing to hear, wrestling fans, with Rousey. But you know, she signed a deal, and she's—it's not a one-off. So we don't need to rush her into a title match or anything of that regard. There can be money in that chase, and certainly WWE has plenty of programming around the year to fill and have that chase uh, fill. So for WrestleMania, I, I would—I would pick up where she last and only left off uh, several years ago, WrestleMania 31, when she made that surprise cameo, um, you know, hip tossing Triple H and putting Stephanie in an armbar. Um, you know, I, that's. That to me is the first, you know, big money thing you can do is have her in a mixed tag match against Stephanie and Triple H uh, that will, um, you know, also protect her. I mean, Rhonda's been training for several years on an office for wrestling, and, and recently, in, in recent months, she's been, um, you know, full on training, devoting her time. Uh, you know, and, and she, she's an athlete, obviously, so I think that she will pick it all up. But again, you don't want to make her first ever singles match in front of a crowd uh, at WrestleMania. That's just, I think that's just way too much. And, and if it goes bad, You can't unsee it. You have all these eyes tuning in. So I would do a mixed tag where she can be protected. And in terms of her partner, you know, it's not my favorite thing for him, but just in terms of, you know, thinking, okay, he's not going to be in a title match, and I don't think he's working a novelty match like The Undertaker. So, therefore, I would do Stephanie and Triple H versus Ronda Rousey and Braun Strowman. Put her with a hot commodity
1: justin labar my guest here follow him on twitter at justin labar uh follow chair shot reality at cs reality too also follow the trib live high school sports network at trib live hssn justin's the general manager of that site for us uh providing the best uh preps coverage through all of western pennsylvania justin our friend jonathan bomboli threw out a suggestion today that i hadn't thought of but now thinking about their backgrounds and some storyline, uh, perhaps some storyline connectivity, what if Kurt Angle was her partner?
0: Yeah, you know, that's one that's, that's crossed. Uh, you know, I, I've heard and I've thought about in terms of when you're trying to think of, of, again, a name to put with her for Mania. Um, it's not off the table. I do think Kurt is going to wrestle at WrestleMania. Um, you know, Kurt, though, while he, he didn't look bad, you know I was in Minneapolis back in October when he you know kind of surprised me in ring re- return with two days notice because of sickness that hit the locker room. Uh, you know he didn't look bad, but again he was protected. He was you know in there um, as part of the shield, so he was in a you know a multi person match. So again, not all focus was on him. Uh, you know again, um, same thing with Survivor Series. He was in a you know big multi man. I, I think I, I think you know it could it could work, but I think there's better things for Kirk. Quite honestly, I think they've been building. With Kurt's, uh, you know, storyline son Jason Jordan, if Kurt's going to wrestle WrestleMania, that's that's to me the logical uh, way to go because they've been putting a lot of stock behind Jason Jordan. So I mean, you know, Kurt's a relevant name for the for this conversation, but I really don't think it's realistic.
1: Justin LaBar, my guest here. This is the Adam Crowley Show. I'm Rob Rossi, filling in for Adam here at ESPN Pittsburgh. We're coming to you live from Terrace on the Fifth. Get down here for Bud Light drink specials: four dollar aluminum pints of Bud Light. Uh, we're going right up until the Penguins opening face-off against San Jose Sharks. Justin, it's a tough spot for Ronda Rousey because they can't have her wrestle even at a house show before Mania, right? I mean, part of, yes, she's going to be a, a regular performer, a full-time performer, but at the same time, she is now the mainstream attraction. You don't want to... You don't want to blow that out of the water before mania. And then you're talking about a crowd of 70-some thousand in New Orleans indoors. I mean, you've, as a performer, you've been in a ring. You've been at ringside to much smaller crowds. What's it like when you step in front of a crowd of any size, let alone something like that, if you're not really familiar with the whole um, setup? And I don't think that it's the same thing going from a competitive fighter to a performer like you have to be as a professional wrestler
0: right it, it, it's I, I actually it's very similar to how when football players or even hockey players describe going from college or the minors to the pros and they talk about the speed and just in the time it takes to acclimate and, and get caught up and you just feel like you're a couple steps behind. yeah I mean I you know the, the largest crowd I mean I, the largest crowd I've ever performed in uh, I think was actually my one of my very first big shows and that was in Cleveland uh in 2011 where i it was on i pay-per-view we're in the main event and i'm walking to the ring as the manager with with my bodyguard and hired gun for the night being WWE hall of famer kevin nash now this <laughs> is you know again i i've only you know at this point i'd only been uh you know working shows for about six months and you know the largest crowd prior to that show was probably a few you know probably 500 people here i'm walking out in front of 3,000 people and i still remember i still uh, I I've watched it back. I was I I can't I don't remember a lot of it. It was just such it was so overwhelming. Now again she has you know she has experience being in of front of large crowds from her her MMA and UFC days. But it is different when you're being a performer when you're going out there and you have a script to follow and you have things you want to get across. I think she'll do fine with all that stuff. It's just you're right. She can't have any matches in front of crowds prior. She's not going to be able to work a house show loop uh, and get familiar. You know I mean she'll do some you know she'll do some probably walkthrough matches and simulation and training. Uh, at the Performance Center and 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 other places she's been, you know, training at. Um, but yeah, nothing will be able to fully prepare her for that Mania moment uh, and, and and the experience. So again, it goes back to my point of why I don't think they'll rush into having her versus a Charlotte or, or anybody like that for a singles match just yet. Yeah, they can get a you know they can kind of ease her in uh, as as best as one can be eased in via WrestleMania by being in there with uh, three others. Um, you know, most, not- most notably uh, a WrestleMania pro like Triple H.
1: Follow him on Twitter at Justin Labar. Uh, he's got a blue check because he is verifiably the wrestling expert in North America. He's our guest here on The Adam Crowley Show. I'm Rob Rossi, Infra Adam, from S. Pittsburgh. Justin, last thing about Rhonda. Well, two, two questions. First, didn't we already see a little bit of the difference? Because she's supposed to be the baddest woman on the planet, but was so thrilled to be there at the Royal Rumble that she couldn't stop smiling. Um, I, to <laughs> me, that, well, and I mean, seriously, that's the difference between preparing to fight competitively and preparing to perform in front of a crowd. I mean, she wouldn't have been that way where she, in UFC, she clearly broke character, I would assume, that's the character they want her to portray as somebody who's pretty serious and tough.
0: Well, yeah, that's her character, but it's also her character that, and being very well acknowledged of how big of a fan she is and, and how, and, 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 you know, supporter she is. So, look, I didn't think the execution was great of her appearance. I mean, I'm not one of the people that's all negative on her. I've seen some fans who are super negative of, oh, you know, she's going to come in and take a spot from some girl who's been working harder or longer oh, i'm so sick of enough. hearing that
1: justin i yeah. mean everybody in that division should be thrilled because there's going to be more right. they are essentially now the the hottest thing going in that company going into the biggest event of that company's year like all, all anybody cares about like i get it if you're really a mark for yourself to go real inside but like she's going to make people rich
0: yes no going absolutely I was gonna say every 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 female in that division should know they're gonna make some more money now um yeah i mean she she's there you know you're right the hot commodities going into mania they're gonna kind of have the first ever uh, women's elimination chamber coming up here in four weeks so there's just so much attention on them um yeah her execu- execution of her appearance wasn't great I, you know I wasn't I, I wasn't thrilled with all the smiling and all the the smirking and you know she definitely you know it was certainly hard for her to contain herself which you know i I, I, it is what it is. I, I will say this, that when, whenever we see her next, um, which hopefully WWE is smart enough to give everybody a week's notice of, okay, she's going to be at next week's Raw or next week's SmackDown or this pay-per-view, uh, You know, advertise it so you can make money on the advertisement of it and give people a destination to tune in. Obviously, she showed up as, a, as, a, as an unadvertised surprise on um, Sunday night. Hopefully, the next time we see her, she is a little bit more composed as the character that we are going to be seeing moving forward, the, the, the badass and, and, and such. So.
1: Justin Labar, my guest here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Follow him at Justin Labar. Talking WWE, WrestleMania season. Anyway. Justin, um, I know they script these out. I know what they want to do. Uh, I guess I know what they want to do anyway in terms of Brock versus Roman. and I, Look, I, when in doubt, I'll, I'll trust Vince McMahon. Uh, because, you know, he's a billionaire for a reason. But Braun Strowman is as hot as anything I can remember in a short amount of time, and I don't think these type of things last forever, and I just wonder if they're missing out on a huge opportunity to capitalize on what feels like a moment with
0: him. I agree. I worry about it every week. Uh, Every week, you know, I hope that the Braun screams and chants are still as loud and still as invested and that they, you know, you know, that the, the lightning in the bottle hasn't found a way to escape the bottle. Um, and so far, each week, the cheers and the, and the screens are getting louder and getting, you know, are getting added on to. So, um, you know, I mean, the fans love, the fans love to get behind the person who's not getting the 100% top priority push. Now, that's not to say that Bronx, you know, any kind of a, you know, Daniel Bryan, 2014 underdog, I mean, Braun, I mean, Braun's getting a lot of, you know, a lot of love from WWE in terms of, of their, you know, placement of him. But, yeah, I agree, you know, if it, it ends up being the first Roman, the match that we've seen before, the match that we've heard for the better part of this past year, Vince, is one to get to for Mania. Um, you know, I don't know what to expect of it. I, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to see out of it that I haven't already seen out of those two. Um, personally, you know, again, if, if Braun, you know, it, personally, I would rather see if, if, they, if they're if they're convinced that if they're dead certain on having Brock and Roman, I'd, I'd rather be Brock, Roman, and Braun all in one right. match because it was so hard about that. I mean, those three Justin, have been those three I, have been dancing around each other all year, and had interaction, right? Uh, but I, it, but again, I I don't think that's what's going to happen.
1: Justin, I guess my question is, and you know, you've been to many manias. I went with you last year. It's such a unique crowd, right? Because it's hardcore fans, it's general fans, it's a spectacle, right? But if you have a fan base that isn't going to get Daniel Bryan wrestling, right? If you have a fan base that is going to perhaps not get The Undertaker, and I don't know that we're guaranteed to get him, and then you have a fan base that is going to be force-fed a match that they just saw, what, three years ago? And Um, they don't get Braun? I mean, that to me, that is asking for trouble from a live audience.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it it, it certainly, um, if that's, if that's what ends up happening, yeah, if, where they place that match on the card—if it's last or, or what else they have to work around—it that's going to be a big thing. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't rule out that, that Braun's not going to get the title sooner than later. I mean, how, who knows? I mean, they WWE sometimes gets. You know, they, they always make the the night after, meaning you know, the raw after. They always make that a big deal. Who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe this is just to get the title off of off of Brock. Um, and, and then, you know, Roman comes out the next night and makes an open challenge and Braun takes it there. I don't know. There's so many different scenarios and ways to play. There's so many factors too. I mean, the, you know, Brock Lesnar's such a wild card in terms of, you know, he's got another contract, I believe, that's coming up here with WWE to expire. So, you know, do they, do they sign another one? Is there anybody left for him to work with? You know, so is, there's so many factors to take into consideration and many of it we don't, we're not, you know, privileged to to the information of. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I agree. Braun Strowman. He's the most interesting and exciting guy in a long time for my money. He's the guy I look forward to seeing each and every week. I mean, you can't teach that kind of strength and speed. And, and I mean, for a guy his size, it's just it, it's a spectacle to see. Much like Brock Lesnar, where I always tell people enjoy these moments of seeing Brock Lesnar because there's never going to be anybody like him again. Um, you know, Braun Strowman is his own... Is, is turning into his own spectacle in terms of you know these guys don't come around every every couple of years the guy you know the guys that have these kind of talents and these kind of physical skills uh, in a very visual business so I mean it's much much like you would talk about you know seeing Sidney Crosby you're not going to see you know players like Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin uh, you know every generation so and you know embrace it and enjoy it now
1: yeah I mean it's not every day you're going to see a guy try to flip the Superdome which I'm guessing is a uh... Brown's going to have to do at media. All right, uh, Justin Labar, look for Chair Shot Reality. Uh, follow Trib Live High School Sports Network on Twitter, and follow him on Twitter, at Justin Labar. J- Justin, thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back to wrap it up here on the Adam Crowley Show, ESPN Pittsburgh. <laughs> Joe's uh, last day as producer hits me with a memo from Turner for the Rolling Stones, knowing what a huge Stones fan I am. Tom, I know people say they're big fans of bands all the time, but I have an entire left arm tattooed devoted to Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, so when I say I'm a huge Stones fan, it's true, and I give Joe props every time I've appeared on, appeared on the Adam Crowley Show, he's had a, not only a Stone song, but a gem of a Stone song. So we wish Joe well in his future endeavors. And we wish Adam well. Jokes aside, and let's face it, um, we have to make jokes because he's having his navel pierced. That's an extra-long Rossi pause. Brought it back. Brought it back. Because Adam Crowley is having his navel pierced tomorrow at 6 p.m. Which means there are less than 24 hours left in Adam Crowley's masculinity. Shame for his wife. Great woman. But she knew what she was marrying. Adam's ill. That's why you're listening to me, Rob Rossi, here at ESPN Pittsburgh. And I've had a great time. And I want to encourage you, by the way. Still come down to Terrace on the 5th. That's where we've been all afternoon. The Adam Crowley Show is at Terrace on the 5th before every Penguins home game. And we got Bud Light specials tonight. $4 aluminum pints. $3.50 will get you a draft. That is just too sweet. That's a really bad impersonation. I apologize. Um, But seriously, get down here. It's a great spot. Uh... Tom, you just enjoyed what looked to be a wonderful pulled pork sandwich. It was delightful, It looked yes. huge. Yeah, it was, it was a good. a massive sandwich. I should have got in on some of that action. But I am not a freeloader. Never let it be said. I will pay for my food, which is why I don't eat much. So, um, look, penguins tonight. But I want to say a couple of things here because I know Adam doesn't always stick to sports. So we got a couple of fun stories here. Nothing that's going to top the brass bonanza bonanza that we had to start the 6 o'clock hour. But, Tom, did you know that they have stopped racing out at the meadows because the quarantine has pretty much been extended to almost every creature out there. So the illness that's running around the meadows has prevented them from racing, uh, which is, you know, we wish those animals the best. As people may or may not know I'm uh, – I do a, I do some work uh, with the National Aviary here in Pittsburgh, but all of our wonderful creatures in town. We want them to be tra- taken care of. not exactly sure if the hardest racing is the least cruel of options, but certainly with them sick. I'm glad that the, the Meadows is, has decided to stop racing. You don't want those those wonderful creatures, the horses, going out there and being forced to compete when they're ill. Uh, also, Gina Hack, nothing related, by the way. We're not calling... Gene Hackman uh, ill or saying he needs quarantine, although he's very old. So, maybe. Uh, Gene Hackman is celebrating a birthday day. Why do I bring this up? Gene Hackman is the greatest living American actor. There is no doubt about that. You may say Pacino. You may say De Niro. I may say De Nutzel because it's Gene Hackman. He's the greatest Lex Luthor ever, right? He was in the Poseidon Adventure. And Unforgiven Academy Award winning performance and we were talking about how Slapshot is the most overrated of sports movies and it's not a great hockey movie. One of the best football movies is The Replacements in which Gene Hackman's the coach of Keanu Reeves And it's one of the fine Keanu Reeves performances in a canon of Keanu Reeves performances. Uh, My my friend in the Malkin jersey is laughing at me now. He's like, that lack of testosterone has gone to your head. You've lost your mind. It's one of the best football movies ever made. There haven't been that many. I mean, what are the great football movies of all time? But there's like... um, Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans, which is the best. Yes. There's what? um, What's... Little Giants, which, yeah, okay. Maybe, replace, maybe Replacements isn't one of the best uh, football movies. Ever, but it's one of the great uses of a fedora in a football movie by the greatest of living American actor. You can't top that, my Malkin-wearing jersey friend. Although I do love the jersey. I appreciate that. I was talking, I was talking to them. What's your name, sir? Jeff. Jeff Jeff's my new my, Jeff and I are making friends now. I was talking to him because we were, I'm, I'm tired of Frank Thomas just telling me how, the lousy my 40s are going to be because my testosterone's basically going to go to hell. And these commercials keep playing on television and radio. Jeff doesn't want to talk about this, so he just turns his way. He's like, no, I'm going to have testosterone for all my life. But Frank Thomas keeps coming on the radio and television and telling me about how low my testosterone's going to be after I turn 40. I'm turning 40 in May. I don't want to hear this. I already have very little to look forward to in my life. And now you're killing my dream about The Replacements being a great football movie. This thing is all just... Going off the rails. Don't like it at all. Anyway, the point. Gene Hackman's celebrating a birthday today, so we wish him a happy birthday because I know he's listening out there uh, to ESPN Pittsburgh. It's a little-known fact that Gene Hackman is a loyal listener of the Adam Crowley show. In fact, when Gene and I talk via the telephone, uh, we call it the telephone message, not the text message, we often say that Crowley kid has potential if he could just stop getting things pierced. So, anyway, um, the Penguins and the Sharks tonight. Let's talk a little sports before we get out of here. Uh, by the way, after this award-winning, soon-to-be regular Rob Rossi in place of the Adam Crowley on the Adam Crowley Show. I'm going to call him the Adam Crowley from now on um, because nobody else is calling him at all. Uh, after this tonight, the Derek Scully Coaches Show. From the hangar, out of Robert Morris, with Mike Persuda. Want to stay tuned and listen to that. Robert Morris has a great social media campaign going. They're, they're, they're great on social media always with Robert Morris hockey. But did, if you if you want to, go onto the Robert Morris uh, Twitter account and see what they did with the Walk With Elias thing from wrestling on Monday night. Very well done. Very well done. I don't want to give it away because they want you to go and follow go and follow. I'm just saying. You'll enjoy it. So listen to Derek Schooley, Coach's Show, from the hangar, with Mike Pursuta. Bye, Jeff. Thanks for uh, thanks for indulging my testosterone-laden ways. So, boy, how many times have I, what have I... What have I done more today? Say Brass Bonanza or Testosterone. You know what? I'm so confident in my testosterone that I'll keep playing the Brass Bonanza. All right. The Penguins and the Sharks tonight. Key to the game. The Sharks are going to want to get the puck back to their defensemen and try to create traffic in front of Matt Murray, test him very early on, test that Penguins defense, not always great at defending in its own zone. By the way, that's not just a Penguin thing. There's no defense core that's great at defending in its own zone. But what the Penguins have been doing lately, at least they were before the All-Star break, they were exceptional at dictating terms of play with their forecheck, possessing the puck. They weren't allowing teams to really feel comfortable with the puck on their stick. They were playing great positionally without the puck. So, to me, this game tonight is very much going to be won in the neutral zone. And by that I mean, if the Penguins can continue to hunt those pucks, hunt the Sharks while they are coming out of their zone with that forecheck, they are the faster team, they are the more skilled team, they will be able to gain possession of that puck, and force the Sharks to try to do the thing the Penguins don't want to do, which is defend in their own zone. The Penguins can do that. They are going to win the game tonight, and they're going to win the game comfortably. If the Sharks are allowed to maintain possession of the puck, if they're allowed to get that puck back to their defenseman, which is how they want to generate the offense, you're going to see Matt Murray be forced to make several, maybe as many as a half dozen to ten, Really high-quality stops. And for a guy that really hasn't played since January 4th, I don't think you want to do that. Pittsburgh tonight, I believe, is going to step up and welcome Matt Murray with a warm, loving embrace. It's his first start for the Penguins since his father passed. This is going to be a big moment. Pittsburgh, I know you're going to come through for Matt Murray tonight at PPG Paints Arena. And as I started off this show at the very beginning Way back in the 4 o'clock hour, what did I say? Matt Murray, the most important Penguin in the unofficial second half of this season. Here's the keys to the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup. Matt Murray staying healthy. Matt, or excuse me, Chris Latang returning to form. And all the Penguins bowing in reverence to the greatest song that the good Lord has ever blessed us with on this planet. The one and the only Brass Bonanza. I want to thank all the fine people here at Terrace on the 5th. Again, come down here. $4 aluminum pints of Bud Light. $3.50 drafts of Bud Light. Thank you to Tom, who's been on site with me, indulging me. And Joe, good luck. One day, Joe, you and I will meet and tell Adam Crowley, please find your masculinity again. Maybe some testosterone would do him good too. This has been the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh.